Downtown Eau Claire is the place to experience amazing restaurants, entertainment of all sorts, and unique local shops to find your new favorite thing. The Downtown Eau Claire Fall Festival is coming up on Saturday, September 16th, featuring more than 100 vendors, exciting family activities, and a 3 o'clock performance by the thrilling Blue Gold Marching Band. It all takes place on South Barstow Street. Learn more about this and other exciting upcoming events at downtowneauclair.org. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Eau Claire Hometown Media on Spotify and have all of the locally made podcasts come right to you. And again, by the end of the month and early September, a lot of new podcasts joining are already banger lineup and of course uh, some of the podcasts that have been on uh, their summer siesta return as well but of course we still have dose of dog and Markon unleashed by the way dan Markon has been on a heater the last couple of weeks uh, some of his most popular shows uh, over the last year have been uh, in the last couple of weeks so make sure you're checking out Markon unleashed uh, with Dan Mark on, you get a local perspective on some of the hot button national talking points. Well, we are here in the first week of August. August tends to be a month where there's not a lot of uh, activities, but we're going to be talking activities today. First off, a variety of local police operations taking part in National Night Out on Tuesday. I know a number of you took advantage of that, but one of those great outreach things that police departments do, one of those fun community, one of those fun low-key community events that doesn't take a lot of planning on the participants' part. It's not one of those things you've got to carve out a significant portion of time and plan travel and and pay for tickets and that sort of thing. One of those kind of spur of the moment things to do on a random Tuesday in early August. And and that's the thing too. Uh, One of the fun things about August, because you are typically in a time where there is not as much that is scheduled, kids activities and and the like, you're able to, 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 to head out to something like uh, National Night Out put on by a variety of the police operations or take advantage of some of those late season free concert nights that are, of course, in Eau Claire and up in Chippewa Falls and at River Prairie. Uh, you can get a little more creative. It's not as planned out as it has been. But pivoting from that, when we're talking about events, this is an area, though, that that very much is the music festival capital of this country. I don't think there's any other way of putting that. You've got Country Fest. You've got Rock Fest. You've got Country Jam. You've got the new Reverb Music Festival, Blue Ox. So much is going on. And just this last weekend, one fest a Christian music festival that started, I want to say in 2019, that was their first one, but one fest 
was held over the weekend, had great crowds, uh, about 6,000 people attended over the weekend. And yes, that is a very good number. Uh, one fest held at the state fairgrounds in Chippewa Falls. Announcement coming today that one fest is moving from the state fairgrounds to the Chippewa Valley Music Festival grounds in Kadat starting next summer. So one fest leaving the state fairgrounds, going to the music fest grounds in Kadat. No reasons given other than they just think it's a better move for them. I'm sure uh, there was a lot of discussions with them and the state fairgrounds and, and, and what have you. The, the state fairgrounds in Chippewa Falls can very much accommodate six, 7,000 people at an event. Uh, but uh, one fest uh, electing to move to the Chippewa Valley Music Fest grounds in Kadat. So for that location, they now add one fest on top of Country Fest and Rock Fest that they already have. And it, it got me thinking, because we have the brand new space where Country Jam is, and next week they're going to have that re Reverb Music Festival. You've got that space. You've got still the, the 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 grounds where Country Jam used to be held. You've got the space where Blue Ox is held. You have all of these spaces. And this is a very competitive event space market in this area. Plus, if you want to branch out a little bit, I know New Richmond by the uh, the the racetrack they have out there, they have an amphitheater. Though you don't hear about as much that's going on there. If you want to branch out even more, the Rice Lake Speedway has sometimes had events that have gone on there. Uh, but we have a very competitive event space market in our region. We have the event spaces of a larger market. We have the options that markets two, three times the size of the Chippewa Valley have when you think about it. That's not a that's not a bad thing, especially for us as the the consumers. We have a lot of options that there are. It, and I think it's not something that is lost on a lot of people. Uh, many communities of our size are lucky to have one major music festival a year and we have long since surpassed one music festival a year in our area so we have the event spaces of a larger market the issue is and it's not a major issue it's not a talking point but i thought it, with with one fest moving from the state fairgrounds to the chippewa valley music fest grounds in Kadat still very much staying in the region. The, the issue does pop up that many of the event spaces we have are the same. They're the same idea. These are large grounds organized in different ways. All right, the new Country Jam site <clears throat> is different than what the country fest and rock fest site is 
in Kadad, and it's different than <clears throat> the state fairgrounds, obviously, but in the end, these are all basically large grounds just organized in different ways. You don't have any true amphitheater in this area. Think about that. We don't have a true amphitheater in this area. There's a couple of, of smaller things, River Prairie, they call that an amphitheater where they hold uh, concerts. But you, you, what our area maybe lacks is a diversification in the type of venues that we have. We have an awful lot of just big grounds that vary as far as the creature comfort amenities that they then offer, but you don't have that stadium style structure, that amphitheater style structure. So everybody is marketing to the same kind of thing. Now we do have the Pablo Center for smaller scale concerts. The Son and Tag Center is coming online soon. But still, even with those two event spaces coming on board, truth of the matter is none of these other sites are, are at any point in time about to shut down. So the competition is only going to get more and more fierce as time goes on. But this is the kicker to all of this that we talk about. All of the people associated with these various grounds, whether it's the state fairgrounds, whether it's Country Jam, whether it's uh, the, the fest grounds, even in moments of alcohol-induced honesty and away from microphones, none of these people ever say a bad word about each other. None of them ever disparage another ground. They never even talk about how much better their facility is over somebody else. They never want to even... How do I want to put this? They, they never even want to start to go down that road. They don't want to acknowledge the unique competition in this area. Whereas in many other markets, if they were putting on the event that they were trying to put on or they were marketing the ground that they have, they would probably be their only competition. They'd be the only one of their ilk for probably at least a 75 mile radius. Whereas here, you practically go block to block and there's a direct competitor of you. Whereas again, in larger markets, you probably wouldn't even have this much competition. And this is the, the, the kicker to the whole thing. None of these people want to really acknowledge the competition. None of these people ever disparage the competition. And I think that's cool. I think that's awesome. It's what makes this area unique and in the, the, the way that the music festival grounds can all be truly unique. And this can become one of the special things of this area is if the various promoters, the various operators of these various big event space grounds, these big music grounds, the only way it, it truly can be that way is if they all pretty much go, yep, it is what it is, and we want to have our event go great, and we want somebody else's event to go great. That's pretty darn cool. It's no different than, say, in a, in a city 
or in anywhere, if you have a row of restaurants, think of like Bourbon Street in New Orleans, the various bars and restaurants. Of course, somebody would rather somebody come to their location over going to somebody else. But the only way Bourbon Street truly is Bourbon Street is if everyone is having success. And the same thing here in our area. The only way this area truly is a music festival haven, is a music festival capital, is if every single one of the festivals is having success. And we've talked about before how this year attendance has been outstanding for all of the festivals at record at record levels in many cases. And you also don't hear a lot of poaching that goes on. The, the, the one fest moving from the state fairgrounds to the Chippewa Valley Music Fest grounds is one of the, the rare instances in the last number of years of one festival going from a location to another location that wasn't something that maybe they bought. You know, take, for instance, Country Jam moved locations, but they moved because they, they purchased and built a brand new. But you're not necessarily getting a lot of festivals that are moving from one building to another. You're not getting a lot of, of that uh, that has gone on. And that, too, has, I think, made it so there has been this harmony amongst all of these. So a uh, cool thing there. I, I saw one fest moving, and it just got me thinking again over the uniqueness of this area, the number of music venues we have that are these large grounds that are all pretty much marketing the exact same thing, yet they're all able to have success. And usually, if you go to any other region in this country, even large metropolitan areas, typically it's one festival ground that you have. So it's it's unique in this area, the, the amount of competition there is, and to be able to sustain all of them has been very good. Uh, I've said this, though, for many, many years. I, I'm still surprised that no true amphitheater was ever built in this area. But that's not a guarantee for things either. I, uh, over in Wausau, they've got a big amphitheater um, They've got that. I said over in New Richmond, they've got a, an amphitheater. Uh, but it's not like you hear a lot of big name acts go, uh, go there. And there are limitations when you have an amphitheater, when you have one of these large grounds, especially with what Jam has and what uh, the, the various fests have, country and rock fest. You, you still have an attendance cap, but it's a very loose attendance cap. You don't have a lot of fixed seats. You're able to get a lot more people in there. Uh, as far as attendance and all that, hey, we, we move on into August. You're getting to the end of summer events. Hey, check out uh, the, the CRBL, the Chippewa River Baseball League. Their playoffs are going on. Check out a neighborhood game. I think that's one of those cool things there. Most of the games, there isn't any admission. Find out if a game's going on, head on down, check it out with the, with the family. Uh, check out a couple of innings. Just watch. You know, it's, it's not necessarily great, you know, high-level, high-skill baseball. It's not going to be 
you know, it's not beer league either, uh, but check it out. It's a lot of fun. It's something to do, you know, on a, on a nice summer evening where you don't want to be home. You're going to be home an awful lot of evenings starting in just a few weeks. Get out, check out a CRBL playoff game. You'll see maybe some guys you recognize that played high school baseball just a, you know, three, four, five years ago. There are some current and former uh, college ball players that play there. It's, it, it's, it truly is a community thing. And for those that check out our podcasts from outside of the area, that check it out, you know, Osseo has, uh, you know, they draw, you know, a couple hundred people a game to Osseo, and I know Kadat does well, and what have you, so check out some of those, uh, some of those games, playoffs are going on, and of course, the Eau Claire Express are wrapping up their regular season over the next couple of weeks, and they too will be in the playoffs, uh, try to carve out some time, I don't know, don't know the playoff schedule yet, uh, but uh, be checking out uh, their website and uh, get a chance to check out any playoff games the Eau Claire Express may be taking part in. Uh, we wrap things up with this. Of course, when we get to the end of August, school is going to be back in session. You and I are seeing all of the back-to-school ads that are out there. Uh, <clears throat> student Transit. Student Transit is looking for drivers. Now, this is a call that comes out every every year and this even goes back before the pandemic looking for drivers some years it's more pressing than others depending on how many maybe don't return or retention rate that isn't as good as it's been that sort of thing Uh, but student transit this year is worried this is a little bit more unique they are worried that they have such a shortage right now that it will impact Eau Claire schools in particular, meaning that uh, pickup and drop-off times are going to be uh, moved significantly, that you're going to have fewer routes, fewer drivers means fewer buses around the road, so the routes have to go longer um, because if you, if, if you only have enough for, say, five buses, where, whereas before you've had 10 buses out there, obviously more kids are on the bus, more stops have to be made, and it's going to significantly alter things. So student transit, putting that call out again, asking if anybody's interested in becoming a school bus driver. Now our kids driver, our son goes to, uh, it now walks to South Middle School, but he of course went to an elementary school. He had to where he was bused all six years, he went to the elementary school. Our daughter uh, is entering fourth grade. She'll still be getting uh, driven by a bus. Our kid's driver, going back some eight years now, has been doing it all throughout. Of course, I don't know if she's back again this year, but up until last uh, May, she had been the only bus driver our kids have had. So what I take from that is, the pay and the hours must be good. Uh, are you going to get rich being a school bus driver? Absolutely not. But clearly, for this individual to be doing it for as long as they were, and I think she was doing it for a couple of years before our kids entered into the school system, the pay and the hours must be well worth it for her 
to do it. And, and I think back to when I was growing up, rarely did you see a bus driver stay in it for more than a couple of years, at least on your route. And we've got this woman that's been doing it for the last number of years. So the pay and the hours must be good for that. And remember, pay and hours, you can see what they are, but you only truly know if the value is there by judging how the current and the past workforce has responded to it. And if people keep coming back year after year, like our kids driver has, then clearly the people that are like her, it's the value is absolutely there. So this is not for everyone to be a school bus driver. It's not for any, for everyone. I, for one, would not want to drive a big vehicle. But for many of you, that is something you'd love. And as far as the time goes, maybe you, you for whatever reason, maybe the, that time works out great for you. And you know, working, you know, a few hours in the morning, then a few hours in the afternoon. And for some, they move on and they 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 do uh, school trips in the afternoon too. They do the, uh, the the sports teams. So look into it. If it's something you've been thinking about, obviously retirees, but other people that maybe a non-traditional work schedule works out best for, uh, be considering that. Hey, and one other thing too, before we go, I saw a cool idea in Menominee. Uh, in, in downtown Menominee that I think is something that should very much be copied in Eau Claire. And that is in Menominee, businesses have gotten together for a scavenger hunt. Downtown businesses have gotten together for a scavenger hunt. People are being encouraged to go search for uh, hidden dragons throughout the month of August at various businesses and you can collect them all for a chance at prizes. You go and you find where these dragons are and you're eligible for prizes. Ann Vogel with Dragon Tail Books is the one who organized this. And again, she's gotten buy-in from many of the other small businesses in downtown Menominee. I love the idea, should be copied elsewhere. I mentioned downtown Eau Claire in particular. Downtown Eau Claire, I've said before, is becoming a spot. People just go. People just go to downtown and wander and kill some time, much like you used to do at the mall. You want to get out, you want to, you know, kill an hour, you, you want to get you want to get some walking in or whatever. And a lot of times people are going downtown, similar to even going to River Prairie or places like that, especially in the nicer weather. People are getting out and they're moving about in downtown Eau Claire. Sometimes you're, you're heading down there specifically for something, but a lot of times you're just going down there to meander. Doing something like this, this scavenger hunt that Menominee's got, would give people another reason, and especially for those with kids. And the other thing is, in Menominee, think about this with these this scavenger hunt with the hidden dragons. This serves a great purpose as that it gives people a reason to go inside a business they otherwise would have probably passed by. Think of any type of business uh, that, that you'd like, I have no, you know, I have no reason to go into this business here. Restaurants are easy. Coffee shops are easy. But if it's a store selling anything, 
unless the person specifically went downtown to see that business, they may not just randomly walk into it to peruse. But now if you're saying, hey, I got to go in there to find something for this scavenger hut, now I've got a reason to go in. And then that person may find something in there they like. Or they may simply discover a new store that they go, hey, I don't want to, there's nothing here right now I want to buy, but I absolutely can see in the future there's something I'm going to want to buy. And next thing you know, they come back again and browse. And maybe that time they buy and maybe they become a regular browser and sometimes buyer because the more times you browse, more times you're likely going to buy. I could see the same thing in Eau Claire. For example, when I walk in downtown Eau Claire, I rarely go inside a number of the businesses because there's nothing right now on the outside that really pulls me, pulls me in specifically. They look like fine stores. I know they're very popular. They, they, a lot of people are very happy with the things in there, but unless I have a need for something, I'm not going really going in there. If you have this going on or something similar to this, there's a chance you're going to drive a person like me in. And then once you get the person in, bam. Maybe if somebody sees something, they, 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 you see something that, well, I would have no idea this store had that. And now you're going to buy. Uh, so again, great idea with uh, what's going on in Menominee. And uh, definitely think it's something that should be copied elsewhere, including in Eau Claire. All right, folks, we're going to be on hiatus for the next couple of weeks. As we've said before, we're going to be updating some equipment. We're going to be recharging and all that. We will return with Talk of the Town at the end of August. August 29th will be our next show. So it's going to be the longest time without a Talk of the Town since the program debuted with Eau Claire Hometown Media back in May of 2019. I hope uh, hope all of you are prepared for this. A little diet from the Audible Chocolate for a few weeks. But we will be back on Tuesday, August the 29th. Uh, kind of a uh, kickoff to the to the to 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 more of the fall calendar. All of us go into and September and October tend to be some of our most listened to months across this whole platform, which we're very excited about and with all the new shows. So we'll be back on August 29th. If something big happens between now and then, and I do mean really major circumstantial thing that we really have to talk about, we will come on with a sort of breaking show to discuss it. But a lot of what we'll do is we'll be storing things up as far as what happens in August and come back with you at the end of August. We'll, we'll see by then how things like the parking situation have gone any updates to the Louis Peter the downtown parking situation has gone we'll see about things like uh, uh, the Louis Peters case and uh, other decisions from uh, court system and uh, city councils and all that and back with you at the end of the month but that'll wrap it up for today's edition of Talk of the Town. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Monosano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long everybody.